everyone. Welcome to episode 195, Toxic Positivity. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. OMG, this topic today is going to blow your mind if you've never heard of it. And if you haven't heard of it, it might also blow your mind. Toxic positivity is something that I have fallen victim to, I have done, I have given out to my kids, I have done it and didn't even know that I was doing it. Before I knew how to hold the space, I was oozing with toxic positivity. And I heard this definition on YouTube and I was like, yes, that is toxic positivity. Oh my goodness, I was doling this out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my kids and with myself. In toxic positivity, the definition is rejecting or dismissing negative emotions and replacing with false reassurances, excessively focusing on the good side and fail to appreciate the true feelings of the person expressing their emotions. OMG, because when my kids were upset, I would say things like, it's not that bad, get over it, look on the bright side, when I was growing up, you'd always hear that there's people starving in Ethiopia if you didn't finish your meal. So it's almost like an overdose of motivation. It's an overdose of positivity. And what it does is it dismisses the emotions of what the person in front of you is feeling or acting, or it dismisses the emotions of your own self and what you're feeling because you just have to be more positive. And if you're just more positive, then your problems will go away. That's why I love the concept of 50-50, that nothing has gone wrong. 50% of your life is gonna be amazing and joyful and incredible. And then 50% is going to be the hard and the muck. And the other word that rhymes with muck, that starts with this S, which I don't like, but there's sometimes not a better way to describe it. So I always tell clients to spend time in the 50-50. Sometimes they're spending too much time in the negative and sometimes they're spending too much time in the positive. Now, I like to call them tricky emotions with kids so they don't think that something has gone wrong when they have a quote unquote negative emotion. You can still spend time in the affirming self-talk, but you also wanna spend time feeling the feels, which we talked about last week, in frustration, in boredom, in sadness, in grief, in disappointment, in anger, it's important to spend time in both because when you can feel the feels in both areas, then your life just gets bigger and brighter and you're not so afraid of the tricky negative emotions. And you're able to teach your kids how to express and experience a full range of emotions. You're not telling them to run from them and just get over it. And what happens is we create so much positivity and then they feel guilt or we feel guilt when we are feeling negative. Instead of feeling that negativity, we buffer and think something has gone wrong. And then it's that whole beach ball analogy where we're holding the beach ball underneath water and we're not actually feeling our feelings. 
And then we teach our kids, you have to be happy all the time. You have to be kind all the time. You have to be confident all the time. And if you're not those three things, I'm failing as a parent and something has gone wrong. So I need you to not do that. It's okay for your kids not to feel confident all the time. It's okay for your kids not to be kind all the time. It's okay for your kids not to be happy all the time because that's part of the human experience. They're going to have issues with impulse control just like we do. If you've ever yelled at your kids, that's probably not an act of kindness. And if your kids have ever yelled at you, that's probably not an act of kindness. So you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And you have to give yourself grace first so you can give your kids grace second. Or give your kids grace first and then you can give yourself grace second. Saying things like when they are upset, what I was talking about earlier get over it, look on the bright side, so many people have it worse, everything happens for a reason, you're overreacting. What happens is that starts to invalidate their feelings and they think that I shouldn't have these feelings, so I'm not going to go to my safe person to talk about these feelings. And they feel like they're even more alone and more isolated in those emotions because they feel like they're in trouble for having tricky emotions, for having negative emotions. And then they have so much guilt and shame that they're not able to push away these negative emotions by just being more positive. And then it's guilt upon a guilt upon guilt, and that's usually when they shut down. Or we shut down, and we teach them to suppress their emotions because they need to be happy, kind, and confident at all times so we can feel like a good parent. If your child is happy, confident, and kind, that's not a reflection of you and your parenting. If your child is sad, not confident, And unkind, that's not a reflection of you. That's a reflection of thinking that they're having, which is leading to emotions, which is leading to their actions. But it has nothing to do with you. They're wrestling with the same type of emotions like we are. They're just younger. So they don't have a lot of ways to manage their emotions. Then they get in trouble for not managing their emotions. Then they're super confused. So what I have found helps is employing self-compassion with yourself, giving yourself grace, labeling the feeling, name it so you can claim it, and knowing that stress and pain are part of the human experience. I was telling Liza the other day on Boxer, I said, no one gets a free pass from the 50-50, not even the rich and famous, not even that person that you're looking at and admiring and thinking, if I could just be more positive like him, or if I could just be more positive like her. Positivity does not make problems go away. No one gets through this life on a free ticket and a Willy Wonka ticket without stress and without pain. Your kids too, they're going to experience it. So why not experience it with them instead of having them have these emotions and they feel like something's gone wrong and they get in trouble or we try to toxic positivity our way out of it. And I'm talking to myself too because this is where I have grown And it's so hard still, even when I'm conscious about it, because it's, we love them so dearly and so desperately that it's very hard to see them struggling. And if they would just think differently, then they wouldn't be struggling and we can help them get off the struggle bus. But what if their strength is built in that struggle and we can still help them and we can still give them tools, but we can also allow it at the same time. They can both happen because we're teaching them about resilience. We're teaching them about emotions. We're teaching them not to be so scared of them. And that's why I love love and logic so much because they teach so much about empathy and validation. And through that empathy and validation, you build so much connection with your kids that they are going to look towards you when a problem arises versus running 
when a problem arises because mom or dad are going to get mad. I remember when we were going through infertility for golly, it felt like a lifetime. And I, if I was told one more time to just relax, I don't even know what I could have done. Like I heard that if you just relax, you're going to have kids. I was like, girl, girl. That's what Lily always says when she's annoyed with me. She's like, girl, or she'll text me like, girl. She'll be like, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. I'll say bubbly pizza. And she's like, girl. I'm like, is that good? Girl, that's good or girl, that's bad? Because you can't tell tone in text. Girl. Every time I would tell, they're like, oh, why are you, why are you having kids? It'd just be normal coffee talk, nowhere, dinner party conversation, barbecue conversation. Oh, you guys don't have kids? And then I never knew how to answer. Like, no, not yet. We're praying for it. Or no, not yet, period. Or no, not yet. We're having some problems. Or, you know, it's just like, oh, and they would just ask so innocently. You know, it's kind of like, what do you do for a living? It's like, oh, where do you live? Oh, you live Oh, you live in that neighborhood? That's a family neighborhood. We were living in a two-story house with, I think, three bedrooms, four bedrooms. And it was just the two of us. So they're probably like, why are you living in a family neighborhood in a two-story house? Hmm. And then the next obvious question is like, oh, where do your kids go to school? Yeah, that's kind of an issue. We don't, you know, obviously in my head, I'm thinking, oh, here we go, 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 here we go. And then they'd say, and I never knew how to answer. So I give a, based on the question, I would just give a pat answer. Oh, not yet. We're praying for him or not yet. And then the awkwardness would just follow. And then it would be like, oh, really? You don't, you're not going to have kids? You're living in that neighborhood? You're not going to have kids? And I was like, oh, well, we're having some issues. So we're praying for it. And hopefully God will provide soon enough. Or we'd be in the middle of vitro. We're in the middle of vitro right now. And then they would always say, I could literally, if I had a penny for every single time, they just, just relax. And I was like, talk about blaming the victim. Like, I don't even know how to relax more because I'm now stressed that everyone's telling me to relax. So now I'm not relaxed that I'm not relaxed enough. Like, what is going on? So you'll hear it in different vari variations. And you've probably given it, too, because you don't know what to say. Because people don't want to see us struggle. So I don't ever think badly of them. It just happens so often that they didn't realize that I heard it 15 times earlier in that same day. So examples of toxic positivity could be something like if someone's lost a loved one or if they've had a miscarriage and they already have one child. Well, at least you have one child already. You had one miscarriage? Oh, and then they kind of like do the topper look, the topper. Oh, you had one miscarriage? I had four. My niece had three. And they still can't have kids. And then they start to like, almost like a topper. And they like, are trying to help, but it's not helping. And I'm not judging other people because I have done the same thing because you don't know what to say when you see someone struggle. After there's been a devastating loss, a lot of times people can say, well-meaning, everything happens for a reason. At least you lost one, but not two. Or if they're suffering or they're in grief, they say, you should get over it. It's been this amount of months. You should be over it by now. It could be worse. There's people starving in blank. You think you're broke. I'm broker. <laughs> so you see where it can come from. It comes from such a beautiful place. In such a place of they don't want to see you struggle. But it doesn't breed connection. So when we want to do that to our kids, when they're stressed out because of the multitude of things that are going to happen in their life as a kid, whether they've been broken up with, they got a bad grade on a test, they had no one to sit with at lunch, someone took their Valentine candy, a teacher was unkind, a coach was unkind, we were unkind, their dog ate their homework, they were embarrassed in front of the class because they were called on for an answer and they didn't know, 
the answer. They're crying about being overwhelmed at school. It's very normal to want to fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And you can still fix it. You just want to spend the other 50% of your time in the empathy, compassion, and that's how you teach resilience. Things you could say are like, I'm sorry you're going through this. How are you holding up? Sometimes I don't know what to say when you're feeling such big emotions. I wish I knew what to say. That sounds tough. That sounds rough. And so when someone's venting to you, it's just like if you're venting to someone else about something that's frustrating or annoying you. It could be something big like a job loss, or it could be you venting to someone and they're chewing their fingernails, or they're labeling people in ways that you don't feel comfortable with, or they're eating loudly, or they're taking too many cigarette breaks, and you're like, hey, get on the job. Let's go. Being late all the time interrupting, talking loudly on the phone, a printer jam. Think about how stressful a printer jam is. We all have these things happen in our adult life. So now our kids are going to have that same thing happen to them in their kid life. All those things that I just described are all annoying things that can happen in our life. So when we go and vent to our spouse about XYZ, we don't want them to say, get over it. It's not that big of a deal. First world problems. I mean, they can, but it's not going to breed connection. So when your kids are going through something similar, you know what that emotion feels like. Tap into your emotions first. And it's so easy to practice this, holding the space and normalizing their feelings and validating them and empathy and compassion when they're not upset with you, but when they're upset about something else. That is when you want to practice. Because when you can get really good at that, it's easier, not easy, to do it when they're upset with you. Because the things that they get upset about are different, but the upsetness, if that's even a word, is the same because they're a human having the human experience. So we don't need to fix it. We don't need to solve for it. We don't need to dismiss it. We don't need to toxic positivity our way out of it with them and let them feel their feelings. Seems like you're feeling very blank when they're younger. It's okay to give them suggestions of things they might be feeling from what you're seeing. I know how that feels. I felt that too before. I felt that when I was your age and give an example. I felt that yesterday and give an example. Some kids like to hear examples when they were their age and some kids like to hear examples of when you felt it yesterday. Especially when it's the... It's the moms to the daughters and the dads to the sons because they want to be just like their, the sons want to be just like their dad and the daughters want to be just like their mom. So when the mom tells the daughter, it's okay to have that emotion, I've had that too, it kind of takes the sting out of it and they're not holding that beach ball underneath water. When the dad says, I felt angry before too when I was your age, this is what happened. Then the son feels content and kind of breathes into it like, whoo, nothing's gone wrong. Now, if mom or dad are not in the picture, that's okay too, because you can still normalize it. You can give empathy and you can validate your child for having a human emotion. Nobody gets through this life without feeling the 50-50 of life. I don't care what you see or what you hear, but no one gets through this life with a free pass and a Willy Wonka ticket from birth until they're older. And there's a certain sense of comfort in that when you're not looking at other people or other kids thinking that they have it better and there's something that you're doing wrong. When you just know that everyone's experiencing the 50-50, they're just all experiencing it a different way. Different doesn't mean bad. Different breeds connection. 
And when you have connection, what do you have? You have cooperation. And then in the end, you have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.